It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Farm Talk program with John O'Connor. Later in our program, Adam Woods of The Journal reviews the beef situation. Grass growth and breeding with Adrian Curtin, Charles Canturk Branch, Murray Tuig reporting on macro activities. The 114th Middleton Agricultural Show is taking place on Sunday, 29th of May. First, some updates. ICSA Beef Chair Edmund Graham has called on the meat industry to begin negotiations with their customers, which will deliver at least €7.50 a kg for beef for winter finishing systems. Edmund Graham said the ICSA is putting retailers and processors on notice that the escalation of costs means that anything less than the 750 per kg would be a complete loss-making venture on the assumption that ration is around 500 euros a tonne. Mr Graham said the ICSA has been analysing figures for winter finishing and the results are a big wake-up call. He said we see dairy farmers getting well in excess of 50 cents a litre for low-cost summer milk. It now needs to be acknowledged that winter finishing is by far and away the highest-cost system of farming and it's also the highest risk. He said the beef industry cannot expect to continue its current model and expect farmers to take all the risk. That's why, he said, the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, ICSA, is now calling on beef processors to make plans for guaranteeing minimum prices for winter finishing, which should be linked to cattle ration price. Edmund Graham said that in the ICSA view, that price is €7.58 kg on the assumption that ration is €500 Euros a tonne, and if ration goes higher, there should be additional increments on the beef price. He said the reality is that store prices are substantially higher than last year and rising on a weekly basis. Store producers also need higher prices to cope with escalating costs, but this all feeds into the economics of winter finishing. Part of a statement there from the ICSA National Beef Chair, Mr Edmund Graham. IFA President Tim Conlon said pig processors have to pass back substantial price increases to pig farmers immediately. He said processors could not survive without a steady supply from pig farmers. The losses on pig farms are so severe now that production itself is under threat. No time could be wasted, he said, in getting money back to farmers who have been shouldering the impact of input hikes. 
Retailers confirmed to the IFA that significant increases on all pig meat products have come into effect. IFA Pigs Chair Roy Galley said now is the time for the processors to feed these increases back inside the farm gate. The situation on the farms is very serious and cash flow is under severe pressure. He said there was no excuse not to return a higher price to farmers. The IFA campaign is looking for a price to be paid for pigs to reach €2 Euro kg by June 1st. Minister McConnell, following a meeting of the Cabinet, has announced his intention to launch a €3 million Euro scheme for investment in the seed potato sector. The scheme will accelerate development of capacity within the sector and aid improvements in the production, storage and marketing infrastructure of seed potatoes by providing grant assistance to producers towards the capital cost of specialised equipment and facilities. The scheme will be funded utilising funding under Ireland's allocation from the Bar Brexit Adjustment Reserve Fund. As a result of the UK's decision to leave the European Union and following the end of the Brexit transition period on 1st of January 2021, the import of sea potatoes from Great Britain into the European Union is prohibited. In announcing this scheme on 24th of May, Minister McCormack said, in recognition of the challenges faced by the Irish potato sector in fulfilling its annual demand for access to high-grade seed potato following the exit of the UK from the EU, he is delighted to announce approval of this €3 million Euro scheme for this highly specialised farming activity, the potato sector. The announcement of a €3 million Euro investment in the seed potato sector coincides with the holding of the historic 11th International Potato Congress in Ireland. It's been confirmed that 128,360 farmers applied online for their 2022 Basic Payment Scheme, BPS, in advance of the May 16th deadline. This figure is in line with application numbers for previous years. In addition, 33,207 transfer of entitlement applications have been received online by the deadline. Minister McConnell-Loke has announced on 20th of May publication of a formal implementation plan for Food Vision 2030, the stakeholder-led strategy for the agri-food sector. The EU, the European Union Commissioner for Agriculture and Rural Development, Mr Janusz Wojciechowski, will address the IFA National Council in the Irish Farm Centre on Monday, May 30th. The EU Commissioner is visiting Ireland for the World Potato Congress and he'll address the National Council of the IFA in advance. IFA President Tim Collins said the meeting will be a timely opportunity to engage with the Commissioner on a range of issues impacting on Irish farming. He said food security is now a critical issue, particularly with the upheaval caused by the war in Ukraine and the massive spike in input costs. Tim Cunnan said the IFA would use the event to emphasise to Commissioner Wojciechowski that farmers have to be supported if they are to maintain production. Discussion will also take place on the next cap and what's needed to develop the farming sector here in Ireland. Tim Cunnan said the ongoing Brexit talks around the protocol in the north would also be raised. He said the UK market is very important for Irish farming and the IFA would be highlighting this to Commissioner Wojciechowski. Trade flows have to move smoothly to avoid extra costs and to fulfil contracts.
Next, the Macra Report. Hi, John. It's Marie Tier, Balancholic PRO and Shandoon PRO. Well done to all who took part in the recent national talent competition in Mullingar. It was a fantastic night of entertainment. There were some Cork winners and runners-up on the night. Helena Ryan from Ballinascarthy won the solo singing category. Conor O'Mahony from UCC was named runner-up in solo instrumental. Dunamore Mokra won the comedy novelty category. Ballinascarthy Mokra won the set dancing competition. Glenmire Mokra were runners-up in the ballad group. And Clamacilty's Nile O'Leary was runner-up in Mastermind. Congratulations there to all involved. Members went to the first in-person Macra AGM in two years. It took place on Saturday the 14th of May in Sligo. Overviews of the Macra year were presented and motions were discussed. Macra were delighted to have people back in a room talking, socialising and discussing all things Macra in person. Shandoon will host their round of tag rugby tomorrow in Whitechurch Community Hall. Best of luck there to everyone taking part. You can keep an eye on our social media pages to see what we're up to and new members are always welcome. Thank you. And thank you, Mairead, for the Macra Report. Mairead Tuig, 96.3 FM and Farm Talk reporter. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell has on 26th of May 2022 announced the appointment of Mr Aidan Cotter as Chair of BIM Bordish Guevara. BIM Bordish Guevara is the state agency that helps to develop the Irish seafood industry by providing technical expertise, business support, funding, training and promoting responsible environmental practice. Mr Cotter has been appointed following a PAS public service appointment service process from 17th of May 2022 for a period of three years. In 2012, Mr Cotter initiated and led the launch of Origin Green, the world's first national sustainability programme for food and drink, firmly establishing Ireland's environmental credentials and our international reputation as a world leader in sustainability. Mr Aidan Cotter is a practising barrister. Joining us on the Dairy Gold at Farm Talk programme, Mr Adam Woods, Beef and Suckler Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. First of all, Adam, welcome to the programme for some very good news on the beef sector in general. Beef and the very good indications for beef. Yes, very positive, John. Over the last couple of months, we've seen uh, the price really rocket. Um, I guess this time last year, we were somewhere around sort of 535 Oh, sorry, 434.40. Uh, we're up over a euro um, on that over the last sort of 12 months, which is really good for finishers. And look, I'll caveat that in that fertilizer price has increased and feed prices have increased and energy has increased. So this price is needed. It's not profit taken on, on beef farmers' point of view. And we're seeing the sort of beef prices edge towards six euros a kilo. Um, and, and that's on the back of really strong manufacturing demand across both Europe and across both the UK. Like if, if you walk into any market this week, you'd see dry cows. Uh, making three thousand euros a head plus, um, and and that's back on the back of short supply, as I said, very strong demand. And I don't see anything. I don't think in the next couple of weeks we're seeing a four-day bank holiday uh, in Britain uh, next week, at the, at the end of next week, um, for the Jubilee celebrations. And there's millions of barbecues planned um, up and down the country. And you might say you might laugh at that and say, well, what has that got to do with Irish beef? But we obviously export fifty percent of, of what we produce over to that country. Um, and if we see big demand for beef over there, that will filter back to to our um, you know beef market. And also, I guess it, it's a positive in that it's filtering down to all other classes of stock. So at the moment, you have factory agents purchasing heavy Hapland marks, 
that means that the traditional grass buyer has dropped back maybe to a, to a, to a three to 400 kilo animal, which is a weanland. And if we look at our map bids database this week, we see that weanlands are hitting record prices, €3.33 a kilo for three to 400 kilo heifer calves this week, which, again, is very positive for that suckler producer. We've got suckler producer needs a lift as well, and it's good to see that positive beef price filtering back down uh, through, the, through the supply chain. And in the journal edition, Saturday 28th of May 2022, there in the Mark Bids database, you have a very, very detailed breakdown there. Weaning prices breaking all records. That's it, and, and it's on the back of, of that really positive beef price. I get if, if, if we have a guy or, or a lady killing or slaughtering, you know, bullocks or heifers uh, this week uh, at 350 kilos, they're into 16, 17, 1800 euros, um, and they're very strong then coming back around the ring. Um, to purchase uh, cattle and that's as I said filtering down to that weanland trade um, and a number are tight out there and, and, and that will that should be positive for, for the autumn trade obviously we had the headline last week on, on Israel and those North African countries um, coming with inquiries to Ireland uh, for weanlands and that's I guess that Israel market is for, for top quality weanlands 3 to 400 kilos uh, continental weanlands that's really really good for, for the autumn weanland trade and hopefully that will that will bode well for, for, for the next couple of months. The health and quality of Irish livestock there in the journal. Ireland takes a step towards BVD free status. Very good there because at one point we were farmers were spending 100 million euro as a result of BVD infections. And then in the background, we're making steady progress in trying to expand our application for BGI status for grass-fed Irish beef to Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. And we can then next from the island of Ireland, grass-fed Irish beef, and that's another reason for Ireland to say, well, we can command a better price than beef from other nations. Absolutely, I guess, on the BVD, that'll be very welcome by farmers. There's a huge cost there and there's some hassle as well, I guess, you know, tissue tag testing calves. And we would have been promised this a number of years ago that we would achieve BVD free status. But it's really good to see uh, Paolo Tula's story this week on the front of the papers showing the, that the Department of Agriculture has submitted the National Plan for BBD eradication to the EU Commission. And it's, we understand that that's been granted. Um, so then we, we, we seek the, the next stage in that and, and hopefully within a short time frame we'll, we'll achieve that status. And on the PGI, I guess this has been trundling along I guess maybe not including Northern Ireland in the initial proposal. Uh, maybe in hindsight, it might have been a better proposal to bring them along with us. Uh, but I know there's to and fro in between the, the government and the, and the commission on the PGI status. And yes, this is going to be a very positive. There are no negatives, I don't think, to this because it will leave us that we can look for avenues of funding for marketing Irish beef on its grass-fed uh, status, which is again is very positive and it resonates very well with consumers. It will be I've done some research across Europe showing that you know grass-fed beef, um, the, the consumers want to to purchase that, and hopefully they will they will be willing to to dig a little bit deeper from before Irish beef in the future. March throughput is up sixty-eight thousand and fifty-one head in twenty twenty-two to the end of April. So right across the sector, the marts included, they kept going during the twenty-four month of the pandemic, and people learned how they could do stuff online as well as going to the marts. So again, just under seventy thousand head of an increase in the marts in April twenty twenty-two. Yeah, look at this as a positive, and look at John marts deserve a great amount of credit for how they have coped for the last two years. You know, to be to be handed a, a ban on sales at the beginning of 2020 really was a it was a huge hurdle to cross, um, and, and they deserve great credit. I guess they all um, installed online purchasing and buying systems and online bidding systems, and 
And who'd have thought that, you know, maybe elderly farmers would be purchasing cattle on iPads at the, at the kitchen table. If I said that to you three years ago, you would have laughed at me and said, that'll never happen. Um, but it did. Uh, and as I said, it's great to see Mars back and those numbers coming back into Mars. But really, it is, look, we see it every week. It's the fairest way for, for farmers to trade their animals. We're very, very lucky in terms of the Mars network that we have. Um, and, and as I said, it's the fairest way of, of trading animals. Of course, behind all this very, very uh, promising picture, we have the underlying anxiety and concern that there is an EU move relentlessly to reduce the size of the national herd of livestock, uh, dairy, beef, whatever, you know, methane, allegedly methane-producing animals, even though our contribution to the overall global picture, comparing us to countries who want to retain their coal-burning units, etc., so, but underlying all this, we have to try and keep our eyes open, whether I open for the European Union's aim to reduce the size of national herds and try and accommodate, you know, as much as we can and do nothing that would um, irreparably damage our fantastic €2 billion, Euro at least, uh, beef exports sector. Absolutely. We've got the Food Vision Dairy Group set up. Um, and we've got, also got the, the Beef and Sheep Vision Group uh, that's going to be chaired by Tia Hennessy um, uh, from UCC. And I guess there's, there's huge challenges there. I think farmers are, are willing to work w- with these groups and, and, and be there as part of the solution rather than the problem. I think nobody can deny maybe climate change is, is happening, but I think farmers are definitely well-placed to, to deal with that. And, and I think that they have their hands out just asking, what, what are we to do? But I guess farm organisations, are rightly so, they're standing up for farmers I know Tim Killalang came out and said this week that, that you know, the, the, the association, the AFA, would not support exporting a cap-and-trade model for emissions. And, you know, they, they say this is a quota, and yet you'd have to say it is in terms of reducing nitrogen usage and reducing methane emissions. We just have to make sure that we bring people along with us and no, nobody gets alienated in the process and, and make sure there's lots of chat along the way uh, to make sure that everybody sees this as a, as a fair way going forward. And, and I think every industry, be it pigs, be it beef, be it sheep, be it dairy, that everybody has to be dealt an equitable hand here uh, to make sure that everybody is doing their bit um, and nobody is burdened with, with too much rules and regulations in, in, in relation to climate change. But, but I think we're well placed to, to face that challenge. And the preview of the 5th of July Chagask Beef Open Day, it appears from reports that the emphasis there will be on input costs. The input costs rise. That's central, I believe, to the Beef Open Day 2022, 5th of July a day. Yes, I guess, like all farms, beef farmers are dealing with, with higher costs, and I suppose there will be questions that day around how they deal with them. And I suppose there is also concern around uh, silage and, and, and make an adequate silage over the next few weeks and really the next few weeks will tell a big tale about how winter 2022 unfolds on beef farms because there has been a big reduction we've been out we've a survey this week in the paper on showing that you know up to 70 percent of farmers have reduced their fertilizer usage um in 2022 so that's a little bit concerning in terms of what amount of silage will come into pits and how many bales will be in yards in the next couple of weeks and that could dictate what, what way the cattle trade goes next winter if we're short on silage some people could be forced to reduce number quickly than they would usually um so we'll be watching that with, with a close eye as regards what way silage is made and how farmers deal with costs like we're talking rations going north at night 500 euros a ton so will less ration be fed i think it will on beef farms next winter and all the other I suppose, caveats to that as well as regards cash flow on beef farms important to manage that 
Now, dairy to beef, the concept of dairy to beef was hugely controversial at one point, but do you feel that with modifications of the way things are going, that the concept of dairy to beef uh, can be accommodated and uh, you know, can, again, be another factor in retaining a healthy livestock industry? Yeah, it's a reality, John, as the, as the pathway we're on. I guess if we, if we would say rewind back uh, 10 years ago to 2010, uh, 60% of our animals that we slaughtered on an annual basis came from the suckler herd and 40% came from the dairy herd. We fast forward to 2020, 60% come from the dairy herd and 40% come from the suckler herd. So that's been a marked change. And I guess we just need to be very careful. Look, we've worked a lot as part of our three farm on Cashel, working with dairy farmers to get them to use, you know, better beef bulls on their dairy cows. That's probably not making as much progress as I would like to see, maybe, in terms of the quality bulls coming through or the quality progeny coming through. We definitely have a lot more we can do there. And I guess it's very important as regards the sustainability of dairy systems and the sustainability of beef systems that we continue to strive to use better bulls on the dairy herd because I guess if beef farmers don't make money out of beef calves off the dairy herd, well, they won't be back around the ring next year purchasing calves again. So uh, very important that dairy farmers need to be cognizant of that. And I guess it's the next couple of weeks as they move to, to beef bulls on their, on their dairy herd. It was in the past of just being concerned with short gestation, easy calf and genetics. And what we're asking them now is to, is to take a look at the beef merits of that beef bull that you're putting on that cow uh, to make sure that the, the, the calf is born is going to be profitable uh, for the beef finisher in the future. Adam, I know you are the beef and suckler editor for the Irish Farmers Journal, but you did, in fact, there just in passing refer to the pigs. And, of course, we know the pigs industry is on the brink. The IFA have been demonstrating at several levels trying to to reinforce the understanding of what pig people are going through. Have you any indication at all of progress which the IFA is making in trying to put the pig producers case to the fore and get some kind of lifeline for them yeah i guess look at in fairness to the afa they're working very hard uh, behind the scenes trying to you know, you know lobby government and, and lobby industry for, for for better prices i visited michael monigal um, he's a pig farmer in tipperary uh, last week and, and really i would have loved to be visiting michael to be honest in better circumstances but michael's in in, in a difficult position in that um, he's losing a lot of money every every month. Um, I guess feed prices over the last two years have increased on farms. The average feed cost on farms per pig is 187. The average break-even cost of producing a pig is 249. And yet at the moment, the pig price, the finished pig price is at 172. So Michael told me, um, there's a video on farmersjournal.ie, you can listen to the interview, but it's 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 600, on a 600 sow herd, it's 94,000 a month. That's what the average pig farmer is losing at the moment. And really looking to where it's going, it's hard to see how that's going to improve uh, because feed costs, I guess, we, we're not in control of those and we're importing those. And obviously the war on Ukraine and Russia um, has, has would say, meant that we have higher feed costs there because Ukraine won't be exporting as much. Um, you know, wheat has come from 180 a tonne in, in harvest 2020 to, to 3.30 in March 2022 and, and is now hitting 450 a tonne. And I guess pig farmers are very much exposed to this because they import all their feed into that system of high energy costs. Um, and really, it's, it's a dire situation. They really need the pig price to improve, to, to, to go up from 172, uh, somewhere north of, of two euros. Um, but they haven't had success. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. 
Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And doing that, it's, it's really frustrating for them and that there's only 12% of the, of the final finished, we'll say, price of a pig goes to the, to the pig farmer and the rest goes to retailers and processors. And I guess, look, it's one of those challenges with that large-scale situation. But you'd, you'd have to feel, I, I, I spent a couple of hours on the farm and really you'd have to feel for those, those pig farmers at the moment as regards what they're facing. Well, thank you very much indeed, Mr. Adam Woods, Beef and Suckler Editor with the Irish Farmers Journal and also there for your comment on the terrible situation facing our pig producers. So thank you very much indeed, Adam. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. You're very welcome. We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme by Mr Adrian Curtin, B&T Dairy Advisor with Chagask Canturk, that's Percival Street, Canturk branch of Chagask. Adrian, welcome to the programme. Now, first of all, could we look at uh, some upcoming events? I understand, of course, there are a number of shows resuming this year, which is great, and farming awards. So, uh, number one, upcoming events, if you have anything uh, special to remind our listeners about. So, John, there is the West Cox Family Awards are on again this year. They're in association there with the Southern Star. And they are uh, open for applications at the moment. There's a couple of different categories and they are open until the 9th of June for entries. So if you want to just enter there, you'll see there's the look up there on the Southern Star. You'll be able to get all the details of it. That's fine. Now, silage, there's one word coming out of uh, silage, and that is, you know, quality, aim for quality. We know all about the fertiliser problems and various other restricting issues. But if you had to comment in general on the silage season, how it's going, and uh, feedback from your Chagas clients. So, so gender has been a small bit cut so far. Uh, those who were the people open blocks there, they cut their back maybe two, three weeks ago. They've had good quality stuff put in to regrowing nicely. Uh, the majority of response has been held up with the way weather has gone. Uh, and quality seems to be still there, uh, especially from point to note be anyone that did graze their, their soil to start of the year, maybe in the springtime, they are, will hold a bit longer. So if you don't get around to cutting them this week, soilage swallows that are, or trees that were grazed for soilage um, will hold their quality a bit bit better they will last another five to six days over one that wasn't grazed they won't they won't suffer as much from the D, dropping dmd is supposed to be the big thing that's great now we hear that grass is um sprouting up from the ground uh, grass is really powering upwards so grass growth on farms this week is that a great momentum still being held with the grass growth you're it's bursting really- out 
it still is John Sam's here now. Uh, and there's just see to have measurements done. Look, they're, they're up on 70, 80 a day kind of. Uh, lot of lads here in the Kentuck area are definitely doing 70s every day. They're growing. Uh, look, there's predictions there that are coming out every week. If anyone wants to get them, they can be found online. But they're still showing very strong predictions again for the, the week ahead as to what's coming up. Uh, like, they're still showing into probably the 80s again, like which is great. Look, it's it's maintaining good quality feed is the next problem that they will have with such growth rates. It will start to go to steam and there might need to be a bit of uh, correction done with topping or cutting bales or whatnot now in the next couple of days and weeks. Now, silage ground, grazed or not grazed, will it make a difference to your quality whether you actually graze the silage ground or don't graze it? Uh, look, silage ground, if it is grazed in the springtime, it does tend to hold its quality that bit longer. So take, for example, if you were to get a 72 DMD, you might want to be cutting around the 25th, 6th, 7th of May. If it was grazed, you could still get that 72 DMD maybe a week later into the 2nd of June or whatever. It's just the grazing will take any old dead material that's there at the bottom of the, the, the sward and just freshen it up before. It's, it's not going to be growing as long. It's going to be a nice green material and it will last a bit longer as well before it will hit the heading date. That's great. Now, the breeding season, how is that going? The breeding season on farms at the moment in Canturk and uh, other parts of the, the county and fertility and various issues, targets, submission rates, etc. So an overall comment on how the breeding season is going on farms so far. So far, the reports seem to be generally good now, John, to be fair. Uh, a lot of people have said they have had good conception rates so far. Uh, they're the repeats, uh, not as as much as they would expect as other years. Well, look, it's, it seems to be going well, to be honest. Uh, look, a share of people might only be hitting their three weeks nose bust, and they mightn't have been calving that early. So they are probably just still on the. They wouldn't be sure yet, so, but anyone that's gone over the three weeks seems to be happy from what we've heard and what we've been talking to them, uh, for sure. Now, would Chagask have a target submission rate? Is there a target rate people listing should be aiming for or reassure themselves that they're keeping up with the target? You know, something realistic and not to feel worried if they're not meeting it. So what would the target submission rate be, ideally? Well, look, I suppose after the first three weeks of breeding season, which most people should have done at this stage, you will be looking at your submission rates. Um, look, the target will be 90% of your eligible cows. So, look, if you have cows up for calling or anything like that, we won't include them in your working out. But, look, we want to get 90% into idea 90%. The more we submit, the more chance we're going to get a higher six-week calving rate. Uh, so that's why we look for 90%. Uh, you're never going to get all those 90% in calves. So, look, you're always going to have a, a drop-off there. But um, the, the target is 90 uh, we're getting closer to but I don't think we're there just yet with it. What at the moment is the situation with sexed semen being used on farms? Uh, it, it definitely took a big jump this year the use of sexed semen on farms. Uh, people have gone very much towards uh, sexed for to generate just enough heifers for themselves maybe or, or something like that generate the heifers they want uh, and look a lot of it is because we're just gone the first three weeks a lot of people have used it in the first period of breeding just to generate their heifers early on the time they've used enough of it to generate the replacements they require and it seems to be just uh, more more focused towards this year as well the technology has been adopted more uh, this year than all years. 
Uh, Adrian, the conception rate on farms, you know, counting uh, empty animals, but the conception rate on farms, what are the indications? Are they pretty good? Pretty good this year, pretty good. Look, we'll be hoping for a, a, your national average figure to give somebody an idea. It's probably sitting around the 55 to 60% to be your conception rate. Uh, we're seen to be running good this year so far. Uh, so don't, don't get panicked if you're saying that you're only on the 60%, you're, you're probably sitting on average at that stage anyway. Um, but it is happy enough this year. Look, it must have been just factors, everything probably came into play that just helped and uh, they're looking well this year, John. That's good, Adrian. Stock bull power on farms and how many bulls to achieve uh, a profitable outcome? So look, John, I suppose, again, just balancing last up is sexy when people are maybe moving towards a stock bull earlier in time, maybe a beef stock bull. Uh, this does bring up its own problems, I suppose, or things to watch out for. Uh, especially, look, one there is if a farmer did three to four weeks of AI and then he decides to leave off the bull, the best you're going to do in 100 cows, you might have 50%, 50% of them in calf or maybe a little less, right? So you're talking... 50 cows in calf, 50 cows to go in calf. For the next three weeks, that bull is going to be having maybe two, maybe three cows coming bulling every day. So if you're talking that one bull is to try and do that for the next 21 days, I don't think it's possible, or even two maybe. So for probably 100 cows, you're maybe on starting week four or five of breeding season, you probably look at three to four bulls, Jan. It's just to cover yourself, like you will have a lot of cows coming into heat every day and it's a lot for one bull to handle or two bulls to handle. So that's why you're looking at increasing bull power if you are stopping your AI early. You might want to, if you don't have the bulls, maybe you might just have to carry on AI along with having the bull out there for an extra week or two uh, just to give yourself that comfortable uh, comfort that you're not going to have a lag in the middle of your breeding season or you're not going to have problems arise with a bull going infertile and you're going to have a drag out in your calving period in like back to the West Cork Farming Awards and uh, any information you can about these very important awards. So they have uh, six different award categories there, John, and his uh, Young Farmer, Dairy Farmer of the Year, Dry Stock Farmer of the Year, a Diversification Award, uh, Hall of Fame and Family Family Award. Uh, they are open to annual inter and they, uh, the, inf- the most month information can be found there on uh, the Southern Star. Uh, website if you look up the Farming Awards and the closing date for them is uh, the 9th of June this year. In general is there any appreciable difference between conditions in the Canturk region, your region and other parts of the county? We do hear a tendency of you know, land in Cork Northwest being heavy or retaining water or having a very high rainfall but in general would it be substantially or markedly different from other parts of the county being Ireland's you know, largest county and a, a vast amount of geographical conditions and variations? It does. There will be a significant difference, all right. We have uh, a couple of farmers there now that might have weather stations or even measured rainfall. Uh, they can, they've received any up to about maybe 1.5, 1.6 um, uh, metres of rain every year, or 1,500 millimetres would be kind of what they'd be looking at. Uh, they would, that would change an awful lot. That's a big impact on his actual rainfall that's, that actually falls here. So uh, anyways, because this year we are behind on rainfall, John. Um, just from up as far as the April data of what I've seen we are running a small behind on rainfall but look I'm sure we'll we'll average it out and we'll get it at some point and the weather that's there at the moment has been suiting especially grass growing conditions in, in this region anyway
That sounds fine. And of course, uh, people in the region, in your region, Cantor, Cork, Northwest, of course, uh, they would be familiar with you, and you, of course, would be very much au fait with conditions locally, so people are farming in the full knowledge of the local variations and how to best achieve the targets. So thank you very much indeed, Mr. Adrian Curtin, B&T Dairy Advisor, Charles Cantor, that's Percival Street in Cantor. Thank you very much indeed, Adrian. Thanks a million. You're very welcome. Welcome again to the Farm Talk programme. Miss Ashley Meehan, Agricultural Solicitor. Recently, Ashley, you spoke about succession. Now, could you please remind our listeners what the connection is between succession and the Fair Deal nursing home scheme? Yes, of course, John. Um, I suppose the Fair Deal scheme and the fear of the farm being taken into account in terms of paying for a parent's nursing home is probably the main reason why people transfer farms while they're alive as opposed to leaving them under a will. So if you leave your a farm under a will to a child, um, the, the, that property could be taken into account in terms of paying for nursing home care. So essentially what that would mean is that you mightn't qualify for the fair deal so that you'd have to come up with the money yourself for your nursing home care. And then if you don't have that in, we'll call it hard cash, well then what happens is that the... The, the HSE can advance a loan, which is then secured against the farm, so that at the end of the, the nursing home care, the HSE obviously needs to get paid back, so that if the person who inherits the farm isn't in a position to pay back for the cost of nursing home care, well then some of the land will have to be sold in order to pay for that nursing home care. So, so for that reason, a lot of people say, you know what, I don't want to own the land, I don't want to put the farm at risk of of you know, having to be used to pay for my nursing home care. So what they do is that they would transfer the farm. Now, if you transfer the farm, five years have to have passed before the farm is no longer taken into account. So say, for example, if somebody transferred the farm and then three years after the transfer, they need a nursing home care. Well, what we would normally put in in the legal agreement is that the child would have to make up any shortfall in the cost of nursing home care but that would be limited to five years from the date of the transfer. So essentially what the person would do is that they wouldn't be applying for the fair deal scheme until the five years have passed. And if there's two years there, which is cost by it, well, then the child would have to make make up the cost of those two years. But as I say it, you know, it's two years instead of potentially the parent holding onto the farm and that all the farm could be at risk of being lost, having to pay for nursing home care. Speaking again to Ms. Ashling Meehan, Agricultural Solicitor, would you recommend to listeners that they would contact a local solicitor with a farming background or used to dealing with agricultural cases? Would you see the solicitor, the agricultural solicitor as a profession, performing a very important duty which would prevent heartbreak and misunderstanding later on when the will is read? Yeah, of course, John. And I mean, I suppose that's why... I, I like I trained in Dublin and I worked in a corporate firm and that's why you know I left because I saw that there was you know there's a gap in the market um, because farming is very different from any other business um, you know you have to understand the, the, the family dynamic I suppose and then you know the subsidies pay a huge role in it and the tax side of it I'm tax qualified as well as being a solicitor and I suppose I'm farming in my own right um, so yeah like I deal as I said solely with, with, with farmers and I suppose with the the one good thing that came out of COVID is that, you know, we do a lot of Zoom consultations now. So I work for people 
um, all across the country, really. So some people prefer to physically come to the office, obviously, and sit down and, and talk it out. And then um, other people then, uh, you know, would just jump on what as we call a Zoom call and that we do, we get as much done in an hour on Zoom if people are comfortable with that. And of course, like, it's a, really it is, you know, who you're comfortable with um, to get the ball rolling. Like, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be a solicitor, I think, to get the conversation flowing. It's somebody, I suppose, that understands your business, understands the family, um, understands, I suppose, your own circumstances and your own, you know, needs and wants, etc. And I think if you if you have that person as kind of a sounding board to talk it through, I think in the long term, it's well worth it. Ashton, could I please ask you for a telephone contact number or an email contact number? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm available on the phone anytime. Um, it's 061 368 412. Uh, that's 061-368-412 and I'm based just I'm 10 minutes from uh, Limerick City I'm on the Limerick side of Clare um, and then I have a website naturally enough and you can even book consultations on the website and it's just Agri Solicitors if you Google Agri Solicitors um, it'll it'll come up and the website and the email and all those details and before we go, we might just mention your connection with Embrace and Encircle. You did speak to us uh, earlier about this, because we know that one of the tragedies of farming is the number of accidents and fatalities which can occur with the best of intention due to two or three seconds of lack of concentration. Tell us what um, Encircle is and its link with Embrace. I will indeed, yes, John. Um Yes, I had the opportunity of speaking with you about this wonderful programme that um, Embrace Farm has recently launched. So I've been involved with Embrace Farm uh, for a good number of years. Um, I was on the board and I provide, I suppose, pro bono advice to them, legal advice to them. Um, and I've been involved in the steering group of this new Encircle programme, which essentially is a mentoring service for people that have been affected by either fatalities or serious accidents um, on farms because as you know like if there is an accident on a farm things don't just stop uh, the farm and the animals and all that has to be tended to and you have somebody that's grieving and then has all this responsibility outside the front door so that's where mentors can come in and can provide extra support and guidance be it legal be it tax be it agricultural consultancy services and then, obviously, the human side of it in terms of psychotherapy, counselling, um, uh, and, you know, dealing with that grief. So there's a huge amount of support there. And it's an initiative, I suppose, that uh, is being funded um, through uh, the Department of Agriculture um, and, is, is, as I said, is being, is being spearheaded by Embrace Farm, which is a wonderful charitable organisation. Have you a phone contact or have you some email contact for that wonderful service and circle part of Embrace that you've been talking about there? Yes, of course. The contact number is 057-851-0555. That's 057-851-0555. Thank you very much indeed, Miss Ashling Mean, Agricultural Solicitor. Thank you very much for having spoken to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk Programme. Thank you, Ashling, very much. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. Thanks a million. The 114th Middleton Agricultural Show will take place on Sunday, May 29th at Coppingerstown near Middleton on the lands of Matthew and Paula McAuliffe. Miss Laura Hyde is the Middleton Agricultural Show Assistant Secretary. 
And Laura's been telling John Cashman, 96FM sports reporter, there's a great sense of anticipation as the show returns to the calendar for the first time since 2019. Yeah, John, we're delighted to have it back now again this year. Um, we're very lucky that we're going back to Coppingerstown and thanks to the McAuliffe family for having us back. Um, we're really looking forward to it. It was two years of kind of would we go, couldn't we go? And finally, at long last, we're coming back now on the 29th of May. Um, so not long to go now. Very difficult. And even meeting this year, you know, it was... Um, it was just talked through, you know, could we go ahead with the show? Would we be able to? And then with restrictions and everything, it was difficult to kind of, you know, what were you going to be able to do? But luckily now, everything looks to be full steam ahead. Everything looks good. And we have a lot to look forward to. And it's looking that it's going to be a great day out for everyone in the family. This is our second time now with the McAuliffe family. And it worked really well the last time. Uh, we have plenty of space. So we're going to have loads of space for our ridden horse classes, our ridden pony classes. We'll have our cattle uh, we have sheep, we have trade stands, we have um, our arts and crafts and we will have a dog show on the day and show jumping as well. So we have plenty of space for the public and for all the competitors and it's very easy to get around and it's great to be able to see everything and um, to get a taste of everything that the show has to offer. Whether you're from an, ag- an agricultural background or if you just want to come and see the arts and crafts, or indeed, if you just want to see the animals and have something nice to eat and it's a nice day with the family, there will be entertainment for kids as well. And um, there's something for everyone to look at. And as you said there, you know, Middleton has been around for a very, very long time. And from all our different locations and going back to the Mark Field, you know, Middleton was always a great day out. And it was um, a date in the calendar that many people looked forward to as well, yeah. So all shows now, um, even looking at shows that have been weekday shows up until lately, every show has gone to the weekend. And I suppose the commitments with the, whether it's school or work, whatever, at least on the Sunday, you know, you have your weekend. Um, and I know for competitors it works as well because we have our Saturday to get ready. Um, as you know, there's lots of getting ready in horses and cattle and sheep to get them out and... I think it's nice to have it at this time of year as well. I know there's a lot of um, support coming in from the local schools um, with the arts and crafts section and um, it's been very well supported with that as well. So we're really looking forward to it now again. So it's just outside Middleton. Um, it's on the Balnacurra side. It's in Coppinger's town. Um, it's the McAuliffe family are hosting us again. Now there will be signposts as well from the town, um, from the Carrick side, from the All side and from Middleton itself. So it'll be very, very easy to find us. And it's just outside Middleton. Um, there's loads of parking um, and it'll be a lovely day. And please God, we'll have the weather to join us as well. We hope to kick off at around 11 o'clock with all classes. But as I said before, that it will be a full day. So there'll be something for everyone to see during the day. Uh, whether you want to see horses, cattle, sheep, trade stands, arts and crafts or show jumping. And of course, the dog show. So there'll be a dog show as well. And uh, so everyone should bring their dogs in the day. They're all more than welcome. Miss Laura Hyde, Middleton Agricultural Show Assistant Secretary, speaking to John Cashman, 96FM sports reporter. Our thanks to John and Laura for that interview. And that's our Farm Talk programme for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to Barry O'Mahony, Mirage Tug, and John Cashman for contributing to the programme again this week. And a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.